Okay, every year people ask me what they should get their swimmer for Christmas, and I always tell them the same thing. Get a pair of drag socks made by Aquavolo. It's the perfect stocking stuffer for any swimmer. Honestly, there's no simpler training tool to build power in the water than a pair of drag socks. Go to aquavolo.com and use the code BRETT, B-R-E-T-T, at checkout and save 10%. Looking to host your first swim meet or replacing an old timing system? Run a swim meet with ease from your laptop using superior swim timing. You can use superior swim timing with your existing equipment, or they can provide you with a complete timing solution, including deck harnesses, buttons, and starter. SST is fully compatible with HiTech and Team Unify, as well as Colorado, Dactronics, and Amiga touchpads. Go to superiorswimtiming.com to learn more and be sure to tell them I sent you. Destro Swim Towers. Gain strength in the water with a tower of power. Save $150 per double swim tower by using code BRETT, B-R-E-T-T, at checkout. DestroMachines.com. Swim Angelfish is an online certification program that strengthens your teaching curriculum to serve swimmers of all abilities. Swim Angelfish will prepare you and your instructors with the skills to teach swimmers with autism, physical disabilities, anxiety, sensory and motor conditions, and more. Learn to teach skills faster and with more comfort with Swim Angelfish. Apply for an only alpha pool product scholarship and receive up to 50% off your certification. Go to swimangelfish.com today to apply. Chase Block, welcome to the podcast, mate. How are you? I'm doing well, man. How are you? I'm good. We were just discussing the last name, Block. I thought it was pronounced differently, but you're telling me that where's the origin? Yeah, it's German. Uh, yeah, a lot of people say Chase Block, and so I, I still respond to it, but uh, yeah, it's, it's Block. Is it like when German? Like, uh, how did you trace it back? Uh, like, great great grandfather. Right. Like, yeah. But I would say pretty much everyone else that I ask in my family um, that like I was able to meet was just California. So I don't think we have too much uh, origin past, you know, maybe Southern California. Right. Uh, we don't go too, fur too much further east. <laughs> well, listen, man, I know you well, but then I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to have him on my podcast. And then I realize I don't know you that well <laughs> as I thought. I'm like, I got to dig into this here <laughs> a little bit, man. So um, uh, how are you doing, by the way? Where are you coming from? Yeah, um, I'm down in Texas A&M. We start the uh, Art Adamson invite tomorrow at, in College Station. It's uh, Wednesday through Friday because uh, they got a big football game on Saturday. So they got to get us all out of here before the whole town just turns into a football nation on Saturday. Um, and so we got here yesterday and yeah, we're ready to go. It's our midseason invite looking to, you know, secure some relay A cuts and then uh, see what we can do individually, you know, post some season best times. Awesome, man. Um you know, it'd be it'd be kind of silly not to just uh, mention the elephant in the room. How's how's the team going since kind of the the change? Uh, yeah. with Jeremy kind of having to step down, and then and then, you know, what's been happening in the last couple of months? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's been you know, it's a whirlwind for sure. Um, I think it's just it's a great thing for life where you can just kind of look at it and be like, hey, you know, you're gonna have to take life day by day and things are gonna happen where you're not sure, you know, what's coming up next. Uh, but the only thing that you can do is wake up every day and try really hard on being your best self. And that's kind of what we've been preaching. And I think the team has done a really good job at, at doing that. And so we're really excited to see what we got this week. How did, uh, how did, how did you find out about it? And, and what did they tell you in terms of uh, what the immediate future would look like? Yeah, they just said, you know, um, it's just going to be a step away for right now. And, and we're just going to continue doing what we're doing. And, you know, USC is a great institution. Obviously, I'm biased. I went there. Uh, I'm a mm -hmm. proud Trojan. Mm -hmm. And um, I've kind of, yeah, I know. <laughs> we, we got to work together for a couple of days last year, yeah. you know, 
COVID kind of interrupted that, uh, you know, uh, not as much as we thought we were going to get you on deck, but no. we were happy to have you those couple of days we did. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just, uh, you know, they've done a really good job at setting up the staff and setting up the student athletes. I think our athletic director has done a really good job since he came in 2019 and he wants to be the number one student centered, uh, like student athlete centered, uh, program in the country, not just in swimming, but in all sports. And so, the way that they set it up for the athletes is they're ready to go. And so it can be, you know, it can be me coaching, it can be Lee, it can be a monkey, it can be anybody and they're going to have success. And so that's kind of uh, what you go to USC for is the resources and the ability to, you know, really be bought in by the administration. Well, listen, man, you and Lee are certainly not monkeys. You're, you're great coaches for sure. There's no doubt about that. How's, uh, how's Lee doing with all this? Uh, Lee's doing great. You know, I, I think she's really uh, taking it on and, you know, tr trying to get USC as, as we all are, um, you know, for the last couple of years, we're trying to get USC back to where it belongs. Uh, I mean, you, you've been on deck. There's no reason that we shouldn't be top five every year. We have the resources. Uh, we have the city. Um, we have the awesome alumni network and it's just getting the right people in the right places and kind of creating that believability from the student athletes to the coaches. And so that that's our biggest challenge right now. And that's our biggest uh, working point every day is just, you know, building relationships and really connecting with the student athletes. Cool, man. One last question on this and I'm promise you I'm going to move on. Um, so <laughs> yeah, no what, uh, what is, what, what's the future then? So is, is Jeremy out? Do we know that yet? Or is, um, is it still up in the air? Yeah, as, as of right now, it's still up in the air. Um, and we're just, like I said, day to day, just kind of going through. And um, yeah, we're really excited to kind of just see how this week goes and kind of just get through Thanksgiving. And then uh, we'll just keep going. Gotcha, man. All right, cool. Now, listen, back to you. If there was one regular in all this, if there's one kind of consistent uh, piece of, of USC in the last 10 years, man, it's been you. So um, they, they've got that. That's that's amazing. Um, let's go back to your origin. Let, let's start from the beginning. Um, tell me about you uh, and how you got into swimming. Let's start there. Yeah. So I was actually born and raised in Hawaii. I uh, grew up there. I had two older siblings. One of them swam and he was you know, a really good swimmer. And so I kind of grew up on the pool deck, just uh, kick, uh, kickboarding around, just tried surfing on my kickboard, things like that, because he's about nine years older. So I was kind of a little grommet out there. And, um, I, you know, I fell in love with the sport, fell in love with just being by the water. And then we happened to move to Southern California right after a meet that I had swum. My last meet that I had swum for team Hawaii was actually at USC. And it was probably the best meet that I had in my life, e even, you know, past NCAAs and things like that. I, I swam really well. And I was like, wow, this USC place, I, I got to check this place out more. And then little to my knowledge, we were actually moving there a week later. And so we moved to Malibu. Oh. And so USC was in my back uh, backyard growing up. I moved when I was about 11. And then ever since that, I, I knew it was kind of like my dream school. And so I, I just kept swimming, grew up in Southern California, you know, racing a lot of really good athletes in Southern California. And then um, I had the opportunity. I was very blessed to take a couple of recruiting trips, one being to USC. Uh, funny enough, I had an opportunity to go out to Auburn. It was, I think it was right when you were becoming head coach. It was like 09. 2010 did I, did I drop the ball on this what happened no you did you did a great job it was actually I got sick this was like be, obviously way before COVID but it was like swine flu era oh, and really? I got like sick with swine flu and I, I had to cancel my trip but um funny enough I remember I was just talking to one of our student athletes about this uh, uh one of my buddies Carl Krug mm -hmm. who obviously you know very mm -hmm. well and Carl and I grew up together in Southern California right yeah and I was I was going back and forth like oh, Carl like I'm really sick I don't know if I should take my trip and he's like, Chase, he's like, I'm, I'm going to shoot it straight with you. He's like, I know you pretty well. You're a surf, you're a surfer kid. I don't think you've, you know, left closer to the beach than like, you know, 10 minutes away from the beach is probably the furthest you've ever been. He's like, have you ever been hunting or fishing? <laughs> and I was like, Carl, I've, no, I've never done either of those. And he's like, I don't know if you'll end up at Auburn. He's like, I think you should go with your gut and go to USC. So uh, I thank him for that now that I'm in the position that I'm in coaching at USC. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, it was obviously a great experience to kind of go through the recruiting gamut. And I got to go to a lot of really cool places. Who was the head coach at USC when you were getting recruited? 
So Salo was the head coach. Okay. Um, Jeremy was the assistant coach. Catherine was here, as was uh, Kevin Clements. And so Kevin Clements oh, was yeah. actually he he started my freshman year. So we kind of went through it together, which is really cool. And then, um, yeah, right after, I guess, to accelerate the story, right after Kevin left was my senior year and I was asked to come on to staff. And so it was really unique. Obviously, I just finished up. I was 22 years old and I was asked to join the staff of, you know, a top five division one program. And it was a lot of responsibility, but I was, you know, I was so in love with USC and the people there, not just on the swim team, but just all over the place that I, it was a no brainer for me. Um, I wasn't sure if I wanted to get into coaching, to be honest, I, I wanted to do two things. I wanted to do something in sports and I wanted to do something to help people. And so the more and more I thought about it, I was like, you know, swim coaching, that's, that's in sports and it's, you know, it's a great way to help people. And so that kind of was how my coaching career began. I want to, um, certainly dig into that, but just going back, what, how would you evaluate your own career at, at NCAA level? Yeah, I think uh, I was really good on relays. I, I showed up when it mattered. Um, <laughs> I think I put too much pressure on myself individually, uh, what, especially. What, what, what events? Um, yeah, so I did uh, 100 fly, 100 back, and 200 back. And uh, I got to go to NCAAs all four years, and I got to be on some really good relays. Um, I got to be on the 200 medley relay, I think my junior and senior year. And we were, I think, top five, which was great. I was on the prelims relay um, with Vlad before he went 17-8. Um, so I, I set us up to right. you know, be up there, right? And um, I remember before going up, because I had never been on the two free relay, but we were holding back some of our guys who were in the 500. And Dave and, and Jeremy were just like, all right, you just have to go. You know, I was anchoring and Vlad was going third. And they were like, you can start swinging at the flags. Like the guy's going to get to the wall. Like, don't <laughs> worry, you're never going to leave early. And so, you know, I, I had all the confidence in my teammates and obviously my coaches. And uh, I just wanted to go and, and swim for USC. And, and I ended up doing well enough that we got in the finals. And then, you know, obviously Vlad became the first guy under 18 in finals. So you think, looking back, do you think you maximized your potential? Do you think you got everything out of yourself as an athlete that you could have? Or how do you evaluate it now as a coach? If you're going to look, you know, you've got guys on the team and you're like, that was me back in the day. Like, where, where are you in all this? Yeah, no, that's a great point. And it's something I always think about. I'm always trying to be learning and, and just trying to be creative with things. And so I think for me, I, I've gotten better as like an athlete and more perspective perceptive by coaching. And, and I think a lot of coaches probably think that as well. And so we actually had alumni relays two weekends ago and I threw on a full body jacket and I, I swim like maybe once a month and I'm just kind of in the gym, just staying in, sh in shape. And I went 21, eight fifty back mm. and my lifetime best was like 21, five, my senior year. And I was like, man, one, we should definitely bring back the super suits. I, I think that's a, you know, that's a given. I, you can attest to that too. You guys had some pretty awesome relays down there and some individual yeah. swims with the golden Jacobs. I remember that. No, no doubt, man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, it was interesting. I think, I think the biggest thing that I've learned is obviously the 24 seven athlete and just being able to take care of my mind and my body a little bit better. I think I, I was always someone who ate healthy and, and did the right things outside of the pool. But I think just mentally, I, I could have been a lot stronger of like how to approach each practice. And I think I would have gotten a little bit more out of myself individually. I think I was able to generate enough kind of adrenaline and like rah, rah team spirit to get going for relays. But I think individually, it was almost like I put too much pressure. I, I felt like I was a pretty highly recruited athlete out of high school um as as was a lot of the guys in my class um and I, I felt like we definitely could have used that a little bit better than we did so all right talk to me about that what do you mean um so you, you have a great class and you've got a good team was was there anything holding you guys back at the time for for you guys to be kind of like a top one two or three team at that point um, I think it was just like that connection. And I, and I think we started to build upon it. And my junior year, we won uh, we won a bunch of dual meets. I think we beat Stanford at Stanford for the first time in like 15 years or something like that. Uh, we won the SMU invite. And then we got to NCAAs and we got fourth. It was the same year that Michigan won. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. And so it was the first time that USC had won a trophy and, and we definitely, we said we won it. Um, we got fourth, but we won a big trophy. And that was the first time I think since 2002. So it had been like 11 years and it was something that we all knew that we could do. And we all knew that USC was like, that's what we came for. Um, and then I think we were ready to kind of go from fourth to, you know, to being in the hunt first or second, and then Vlad went pro. And I, I think that kind of derailed us just more from a mental aspect than anything. Obviously, you have fastest man at the time going 40 point and 18 low uh, go pro. You're like, oh, man, uh, because that that year, our freshman class was number one in the country with Reed Malone, Santo Condorelli, Dylan Carter, Steven Stump. I mean, between those four guys, you have multiple NCAA championships and Pac-12 championships. And that was going to be like the foundation that we were going to be seniors with. So we knew that we had something, but then he went pro. And I think we ended up eighth that year, my senior year, um, which was you know not bad, but not where we thought we could have been. Yeah, kind of um, uh, thinking that myself. And, and, and like if I was to evaluate USC, I would, th- I would evaluate it the same way as you do in terms of, th- well, especially the way that your, your new athletic director talks about it. It's like you, you have everything you need, I think. Like the, you have, uh, I mean, it's in California, so that, that's a given. Uh, so there's a lot of in-state, first of all, uh, even even the fact that um, you can get in-state tuition. What, what is the cost of uh, in-state tuition there? No, so we're private. You have to be, oh. it, everyone's the same. Yeah, oh, so really? we're, everyone's the same. Yeah, we're, uh, we're at the not level playing fields with the oh. UC schools, unfortunately. Okay, okay. But, okay. that uh, makes a yeah. little bit more sense then. It's it's yeah. worth the price tag, yeah, for sure. But it's, uh, what, is, what is it running at, about 65000 now? The total cost of attendance is about 80 k 80 k okay, all right. So it's a, it's a um, Ferrari, okay. Yeah, yeah. For you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's expensive, but that's, I mean, it makes sense. But um, but you still have the same amount of scholarships as everybody else does, so there's still a chance there, and um, mm-hmm. and the school speaks for itself. But so so there are some challenges. Is there anything else that you think uh, you know is holding you back from from being that top three team perennially? You know, like is it? I mean, because like when we look at it from the outside in, we think oh they have everything they need. But is this is there something else that's missing that we don't see? I don't think so. I, I think right now we're we're in a good position to be a top top three perennial program. I think, like you, we talked about all the resources, but I, I think it just starts with the team and it starts with wanting to be there. And you know, I, I've listened to a handful of your podcasts and you know, listening to Eddie. Um, I took a trip to Texas and and I saw the same thing that he's been talking for the last forty years. But you know, the guys the guys should be leading the culture, and you know, same thing with our women. Like they should be help kind of leading the culture and. And so I think we got to help get it to that point, but then it, it should just be able to sustain itself. And, and I think, you know, in having those alums come back and talk, it's really valuable to listen to what they say and kind of hear what it was like. You know, obviously USC is one of the most historically decorated programs in the country, um, you know, with Peter Dalen winning two, you know, two four-peats basically back to back in the 70s uh, and late 60s, which is pretty impressive. Um so I, I think it's it's obviously there, but you know the cost of attendance, the private school, like you said, those are things that those are hurdles that we we have to find ways to kind of get over that. Um, and I think it starts with just getting the people that we bring in. We got to hit home runs, right? And so there is no in-state tuition where you can kind of move someone off. There is no academic money that is easier to get just because you have a high high school GPA. It's you know it's really challenging to get in. I think it's about 12 percent. I don't know if I would be getting in anymore, um, but I, I think it's a lot of little things that we can overcome. And then once you kind of get the ball rolling, um, like an NC State has, obviously like UVA has, Louisville, you know, some great programs out there um, that, you know, maybe weren't around 10, 15 years ago when I was looking. Um, I think now they have the recipe and, and everyone's kind of trying to create the same sort of magic. But it's uh, at the end of the day, a lot of the um, kind of littler schools that maybe don't have the same history. Uh, we can rely on our history and our resources to kind of get from not just perennial, but just like back to the top. Right, right. Is it is it hard because it is private and it's it's mainly, I guess, affluent families that can afford to go? Is is that a challenge? Is is it is it almost too comfortable uh, in a way? Like, do you do you sometimes get frustrated that the athletes get everything they need, um, and 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 it's almost too comfortable? Or am I reading into that? Or how do you feel about that? Yeah, I think the athletes have 
you know, a lot of resources. And I think it's just trying to find that balance of using your resources for swim, using them for academics, and then using it for setting yourself up for life afterwards. I think the alumni network is extremely strong. And so, you know, we, we definitely encourage internships during the summer. It's not 100% in that you have to be, you know, doing triple swims or whatnot, but we, we want to try to craft a schedule where you, you can be swimming, you can be doing weights and you can be getting a great education in the summer, whether it's summer school or an internship. And so our goal is to really try to get you the best well-rounded experience. And, and I think right now there's a little bit of, um, it's hard to have that balance. And I think, you know, you get here and, and maybe one direction pulls you, you know, in, in a different way. And, and so I think for those of you who are looking for like one specific way, um, USC kind of offers three or four different ways. And so I think it takes a special kind of athlete who's, you know, very motivated, intrinsically motivated, and really kind of wants the best of all the worlds. I guess that's hard then to have a team of people like that. So you definitely need leaders within the group who have um, a kind of a clearer direction of where they're going and what they want, a little bit of grit, um, and, and kind of pulling other people along with them to say, hey, we're doing this, you know, like, uh, I, I guess, uh, you know, I'm just looking back at my own experiences at Auburn. I know that when we won national titles as a team, as a swimmer myself, we had a couple of leaders who were like, it's this way or no way. Like we're doing it together. And and they just held everybody accountable to a certain standard and a certain goal. And you just kind of had to run with it. It's like they wouldn't let you out of it. You know, it was like, we're doing it this way and that's the way it's going. And and that's kind of how we had success team-wide, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the more you can have leadership come from within the team, I think mm -hmm. the more successful you're going to be. Because at the end of the day, you know, you, you can't keep harping on the exact same things over and over and over. You sound like a broken record. But if yeah. it's something where you walk into the door and it's, it's meaningful to, you know, put on the SC shirt or the Trojan shirt that you got, it's, it's something that stands for something bigger than yourself. And so I, I think yeah. once you get a leader who really kind of embodies that, then it's a lot easier to just kind of keep it going. Right. Absolutely. Now, in terms of um, going from being a swimmer on the team to kind of almost immediately being a coach on the team, was was that difficult for you, that transition? Uh, what, what were some of the challenges there for you? Yeah, I think some of the challenges was obviously, you know, that recruiting class that I had talked about, those freshmen, a lot of them were actually some of my best friends. Um, and, you know, I'm getting married next summer and, you know, Dylan Carter's in my wedding. And so, it was interesting where I had this amazing relationship as like I was their captain and I immediately had to become their coach. Mm. And so it was like, we had the relationship at the pool still down, but it was like, yo, I can't like hang out with you guys outside of the pool. Yeah. And, and I thought that, um, to be honest, what really helped me being a young coach was that I had Dylan Santo Reed, especially who were all, you know, three individuals that were amazing, but they were also leaders amongst the team. And their kind of respect and believability in me helped kind of create this effect where everyone else felt the same way, where they were like, oh, like, you know, maybe Chase is young, but these guys believe in them and so, or believe in him. So, you know, I think we can, too, um, as a coach and not just like, oh, he's just kind of like a peer. And right. so they they helped tremendously, whether they, they knew it or not. Uh, they were a pain sometimes, as they know, but um, I think they really helped me in that transition. Yeah, I don't know the other guys too well, but Dylan Carter's a, a one of the best guys you could possibly meet. Just a just a great man, um, good leader. He he's very um, you know enthusiastic about his own career as well as his own swimming. So I could see how he would he would certainly pull other people along with him. Good dude, love Dylan. Yeah, been on the podcast too. Love him. <laughs> um, what about this then? So how how was the growth then like who who actually talked you into being a coach you said you weren't sure about it who was the one that brought it to you first yeah so i actually i hassled salo and i hassled Catherine uh, and jeremy and uh, even kevin i guess to an extent during that whole year of like look I, I think i can provide a lot of value in recruiting and so how about you guys hire me as like a recruiting coordinator you know i won't coach i'll just kind of recruit i'll do you know official visits, I'll organize all that, I'll go out on home visits, uh, so you guys can stay here and coach. And uh, I really loved like the official visits when I was an athlete, like I, I even hosted like my senior year, which was pretty unusual, um, but I, I just loved it. And it was a lot of fun to just connect with swimmers and, and just connect and meet new people. 
And so they kind of had that in their ear. And then, like I said, Kevin had stepped away from the program, I think a month after I graduated and I was still training there. And so they, they approached me and they said, Hey, you know, we have this kind of unique opportunity and you can think of it like a master's program. You know, you're, you're getting paid, like you're not a grad student by any means, but you can think of it almost like an experiential master's program. Like let's do it for the next two years through the Rio Olympics. And then from there, you can tell us if you want to keep coaching or, or if you want to go off in a different direction. Uh, that's interesting. Um, I, that's, that's a cool way to start and kind of get yeah. your, your foot in the door. Uh, talk to me a bit about that, the, the recruiting side of college swimming. Um, they're, they're you know, everyone knows it exists and a lot of people hear about it, but they don't really know what goes into college recruiting. Can you kind of take me through the, the, the nuts and bolts of, of what it looks like and how you get information and how you transfer that to the assistant coaches and head coaches. Talk to me about that process. Yeah. So now it's, you know, it starts even earlier now it's, you're bringing athletes in who are 15, 16 years old, who are juniors and you're bringing them on the campus. And that's a whole different dynamic than what we used to have. But, you know, it starts with just, you know, obviously going to meets and kind of watching, but swimming is great because you can, you can see times from across the country and, and kind of see who it is. And obviously social media is a big deal now and, and you got to create a hype page on your Instagram and all this kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, you also want to have a genuine connection with them and, and not just live in this kind of Instagram world. And so uh, the biggest thing that I try to do is just make those genuine connections and then really foster those. And, and I think it's, I see that more and more with the people that we don't get uh, because I'm, I'm still friendly with them on the deck and, and they know that they can say hi. And it's not this like awkward business transaction, you know, mm -hmm. um, like if you say no to USC, it's not just like, oh, you're shunned for the rest of your life. Like you can't <laughs> ever like step foot on campus or like wave at us at a dual meet. It's like, no, you know, we, we got to go to your house and maybe have a meal together and meet your dog or whatever it was. Um, and so, you know, we still want to carry those relationships with us moving forward because especially now with fifth years, you know, you never know that person might circle back around. And if you were friendly to them in their undergrad, they might come back to USC for their fifth year. Yeah. Talk to me about um, the recruiting process for kids. If you were to recommend just generally how to get noticed by USC or any other major program, I get this question all the time. Like mm -hmm. what, what are the big things for you? What, what pops up on your radar? Obviously, fast swimming certainly helps but beyond that what what else is there yeah i think the biggest thing is like having the wherewithal to know kind of like who you're who you're approaching and so do a little bit of homework you know look at if they're in the sec look at you know the top 16 times from sec if they're in pac 12 you know look at the top 16 wherever you're looking look at the kind of conference results obviously look at the team depth chart and then from there you know give progression i think progression is a really big one and not just your best time um you know i think there's all you know, always the jokes about like watch times or like, oh, I, I think with your coaching, I could do this time. I, I think those are all great um, aspects of recruiting. But I think coaches really want to know kind of like where you where you're at right now and, and kind of where you're going um, and, and what you're doing along the way. And so kind of updates like that um, be, I would say, as short with their first email as you can and not like, you know, lengthy, lengthy paragraphs of, you know, giving your whole kind of diatribe of what your program's been like since you were 12. Um, I think that's probably the easiest way to get in with the program. And just, you know, recognizing if you feel like you're not within the reach, just recognizing that and saying, hey, you know, like, I just want you to know, like, I have USC on my radar, or I have X school on my radar. And I would love for you to, you know, recruit me if, if you feel like this is a good fit. Now, once you've gathered that information, you're the recruiting coordinator. So what do you do with the information? How do you get it to the assistants? How do you get it to the head coach? How do you, how do you get it on the head coach's radar of like, Hey, this is, this is the person you want. Yeah. So I actually create like a little spreadsheet, um, like an Excel spreadsheet. I take the top times for pretty much age 14 through 16 and kind of see like the progression. And then we do like a ranking system, if you will, almost like money ball. And really just try to see, you know, where people are at. And so, you know, how many events are you in the top? We do like top 50 for each age group. So how many events in the top 50 are you in? So are you someone that's versatile or are you just popping in and maybe just a hundred back? Um, and then that way we kind of create like a big, bigger profile, almost like a big board. Um, and, and we, we have that in a digital format. 
And then from there, we kind of break it up by region. And so I'll give each coach um, a region. So, mm. you know, uh, whether you have the West Coast, uh, you have the East. And then that way, when we go to juniors and stuff, uh, we know, you know, like, okay, you're already talking to those kids in the East. You're going to head out to juniors out in the East. And I think a lot of programs probably do this as well. But I think getting to know at least one coach really well first before you get to know the entire staff is good because sometimes I think you can get bounced around a little bit too much in the recruiting calls. And, you, and like I said, you don't make that genuine connection that you're looking for or that you should be looking for with a program. You're just kind of getting the hype train going and, and you're really just trying to hop on with one of the coaches. Yeah. Uh, let me click back to that. There we go. I like to, I like to get full format when you're talking. So I'm, yeah. I'm here still. I'm listening. <laughs> the first and time I'm, freaked me out. I was like, Oh, I, I dropped the call. <laughs> it, it enables me to have a little whiskey in between. Yeah. So, um, it's all good. Uh, so listen, well, beyond that, so that, all right, that, that makes, that makes sense for them. That's good. Um, we always struggled with recruiting, you know, at Auburn on the West coast. Obviously it's like you have, you have regions where you're like, okay, it's going to be real tough to get kids out of there in terms of the, the West coast and where you're at. Do you have situations like that where it's almost impossible to get kids from the East Coast because it's just too far? Or like, you know, is there is there a kind of like a range of like we do really well here and, and it's really difficult over there or anything like that? Yeah, that's a good question, actually. I think it's something that we've been trying to figure out. Um, I think it comes in waves. I think sometimes, you know, if you can tap into a good club pipeline, then you can, you know, get more and more of those athletes. Uh, but I think because it's a private school and because of the location, uh, we can kind of expand not just U.S., but globally as well. And so there's times, obviously, with Texas, it's tough to get a guy away from Eddie and Wyatt down there. Um, but I, I think in general, the people that we're looking at, if they're looking for like a good private school, they're willing to kind of move all over the country for, for one of those. And so we found uh, kids on the East Coast, you know, they they want 70 degree winters. They don't want to be snowed in. And so they'll, they'll yeah. come out. And when we have our dual meets in January, February, their parents are actually coming out too, because they, they know that it's a lot warmer out there to go watch their kids. Um, same thing with the Midwest. I think we did really well for a couple of years there and we got a lot of the top talent in the Midwest. And so um, I think if you can tap in a little bit to a good club team or just a region, and obviously like the national junior team is a great pipeline and so the more and more you have from there i think kids aren't necessarily opposed to coming out um like you said earlier like it's california i think it has its own appeal and then it's like you just got to get someone on campus and, and then they can kind of see it for themselves I, I think that's our biggest struggle right now is getting them out for a trip because I, I i don't know i've i've seen that once most people come for a trip they're not like oh my god this place is like amazing i'm blown away they're like it's more like, yeah, they kind of knew that it was going to be awesome. And it like, it fulfilled their, their dreams and their fantasies. Yeah. I'm sorry, man. I can't get it out of my head. You said you moved from Hawaii to, <laughs> um, to, uh, um, where was it? You said you moved to to Malibu, Malibu. I mean, who moves to Malibu? <laughs> what did your parents do, man? Come on, seriously. How do you move to Malibu? So my, my grandma was smart enough to buy in Malibu when there was like dirt roads and one stop sign back in 1960 yeah so uh we're still still out there as a family my grandma's still out there and uh yeah that's kind of where i got to grow up once i moved from hawaii and yeah i was obviously very very lucky and which is why it made it harder to uh convince myself to take a trip out to auburn when i was when i was you know waking up next to the beach every day yeah yeah if i'm waking up in malibu i'm not going to Auburn either man don't worry about it i mean i woke up in sydney australia it wasn't bad i can't complain about sydney but uh but i had no idea i was moving to auburn alabama by the way so um took me by surprise but, um, but that's pretty nice that's cool well in terms of uh your coaching development how did how's that gone then how, how have you how have you gone from kind of a swimmer to a leading coach? Like where's that development been? How have you managed to improve as a coach? Yeah, I think I've really managed to tap into other coaches and I love chatting with people. I know you and I have chatted before at, you know, different international meets and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I think just always having an open mind and knowing that like you don't know everything and you might not even know most things. And so I think once you do that, then it's a lot easier to approach people. 
Um, and then also I think just really trying to connect with the athletes and trying to create like a partnership and, you know, get the feedback from them. I, I think that was something that I really enjoyed as a student athlete was getting to hear the coaches feedback and them wanting to listen to what I thought. And so I, I had a really good relationship with my club coach and, and we did that very well. Um, you know, especially going into like taper time, I would tell him kind of how I felt, what I thought I needed. And, and, you know, he would make the expert opinion of like where to go with that. And I think he did a really good job of kind of allowing me to have some input. And so I definitely use that into my coaching now as well. And so I think one of the best things for me has been uh, getting to go with Dylan Carter and get to go to, you know, world championships and the Olympics this past summer and Commonwealth games and that really kind of matures you and escalates you pretty quickly in the coaching ranks where I look back and, you know, I've been to almost every big meet uh, as a, as a coach and that's been very blessed, but I felt like that part really helped me because I'm not, not just the best domestic coaches, but I got to talk to the best international coaches there are, there is. Yeah. One of the, I've said this before, I think on the podcast, one of the best pieces of advice I got from, um, I you know, got transitioning from swimming to coach was David Marsh, you know, telling me, Brett, just get a, get a notepad, you know, just, just like this, get a notepad and write down um, your favorite sets, write down things that you believe worked for you, write down um, things that you, you think you'd want to teach and learn or, or know more about, you know, kind of just developing, kind of forcing myself to develop. All right. What, what do I believe in here? What are, what are the things that I think work? Um, how how would I, I want to you know coach an athlete um, like myself kind of thing and and really developing my own and look everyone knows this I'm I'm a sprint coach I'm I'm, I'm really good at it I feel but that's kind of my, yeah. my domain it's like but I really dove into how can I be the best sprint coach I could possibly be and and that's where I started and so you know did you do anything like that in terms of your development of trying to figure out your own philosophy. Yeah, definitely. And I felt like I had a lot of help along the way in having kind of two ends of the spectrum where, you know, John Urbanchek was still a volunteer assistant coach with USC. Mm. So here you have one of the greatest mid, mid sprint, mid distance, whatever you want to call it, aerobic coaches. I mean, the guy created colors that everyone uses. Um, and then obviously with, with Salo, um, who created kind of, he basically created USRPT before it was called that. And so here I had two of the greatest. And so I think I would just try to absorb as much as I could and just kind of talk to them about what they see in different things and um, kind of share my opinion every now and then of what I see. And I, I think they did a really good job of, of listening to what we thought and kind of try to balance that. And so I think for me, it was just more of not trying to copy. I think that's something that a lot of people do, you know, with great coaches is, you know, you grab or band check set and you just say, all right, here you go. And, and you give it to your athletes mm. and it, it's not the same thing. Uh, you have to be able to connect with your athletes. You have to understand that there's a time and place for that set and not just like, all right, I got John's workout book and now I'm set as a coach. Um, mm. and, and, you know, same thing with Dave's, you know, he's got crazy whiteboard workouts, but you can't give that to everybody. You have to be able to understand when you can give that to them. And so I felt like I understood that as an athlete um, when I was going through it of like, you know, there were days that I liked John sets. There were days that I liked Dave sets and I was a sprinter, but I, I still liked John sets um, on certain days uh, to really grind. Um, and so I knew as a coach that I need to be able to have that versatility to kind of bounce back and forth and create my own kind of mantra. Yeah, I mean, I did. That's why I created the Gatorade set. I wanted something that was mine. <laughs> <laughs> it's still legendary. We got, I'm gonna have to get busted out maybe during Christmas training. <laughs> it is still legendary. It follows me like a like a bad smell. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah, you you do. You have to. Um, well, well, then in terms of if, if someone was to categorize, if you if you were to say, you know, if I was to ask Dylan Carter, how would how would I how would you categorize Chase in terms of his coaching style? What do you think you would say? Um, I think he would probably say, I like to use equipment a lot. Uh, he'd probably say I like to use socks a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of, I, I was an underwater specialist. And so I try to incorporate that into everything I do. Um, whether that's just, you know, trying to hit kick counts off of a wall of like, you know, eight seventy fives, you still give them like a kick count. Um, but I, I think he would definitely say it's much more of a, what you need and, you know, whether, 
you go in thinking that you needed it, you end up realizing that's what I needed at the end of the day. And so I think him and I, especially, I think we created a good enough relationship that I was able to give him, you know, a hard set kind of disguise. And then um, he would put forth the work and, and get out kind of what I was expecting and kind of what he needed by the end of it. And so I think obviously that comes with time with working with someone. Um, but I think that's what's great with college is, you know, you can be with the same coach for four years, hopefully. What about this? You think uh, you think you're ready to be a head coach, or m- maybe even be kind of um, appointed head coach of you think it'll ever split? You think they'll ever split the, the men and women at USC? Would, th- would that happen? I don't think so. I, I think the, the history is, is too strong of, uh, you know, especially of recent, you know, kind of years of the combined program. But I think that's also why we get the athletes that we get, um, especially I know on the women's side of things. Uh, a lot of our women, they don't want to go to like a single gender program. Right. And, and that's kind of why they chose USC. Yep. And, and I think the guys, um, I think it benefits them. I know for me, I, I got to train with Katinka Hozu. And I mean, she she kicked my butt more than once, that's for sure. And so it, it makes you go faster. Um, yeah, I don't think we would ever split. Um, I don't think that's in the cards for like the style of USC, at least, you know, not right now. Um, yeah, in terms of being a head coach, I think, you know, I try to absorb everything that everything that I can over the last, you know, 12 years on campus. Um, but I think it's, it's just more about just doing right by the athletes every day. And, and so I think whether you're assistant coach or the head coach, you got to just remain the same person. And I think that's something that I've seen, not just in swim coaching, but just coaching in general. I'm a, I'm a huge sports fan. But I see people who, you know, they get elevated up to head coach or maybe they get head coach at a bigger spot than they are at. And they kind of switch personalities and, and they try to, you know, be something that they weren't. And it's like you're kind of hired for, you know, a very specific reason. And it's how you were already. And so, you know, obviously there's more responsibilities as a head coach. Everyone knows that. But I think your personality and your readiness has to kind of be the same. And so whether I end up being a head coach one day or if I just remain an assistant I, I I'm going to treat it the same and I'm going to treat the athletes the same um, yeah I agree man I mean I think uh how old are you now I'm 30 now 30 oh wow yeah you're in the corner nice I uh, know so, yeah just recently yeah in the 30s <laughs> all right well yeah you're definitely ready I mean in terms of uh you know your experience and your age and you, you've been there for a long time but um you know, Lee's obviously uh, leading the program right now, and and who knows where it's going to end up next year. But is 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 a top ten program ready for a female lead on on the men's side as well? Like a, a combined program like yourself is, you think it's ready for for a female lead? What's your opinion? Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think absolutely. Um, I know. And, you know, in, in sports, obviously, you know, we're starting to progress in basketball. Um, I think Becky Hammond has done a really good job of showing that there can be great female coaches in a men dominated sport. And obviously basketball is just men um, in the, in the NBA. Um, And so I think for a combined swim program, we're absolutely ready. I I think um, it comes down to your experience and also just kind of your connection. And so it doesn't have to be, a male to male connection. It can be, you know, female to male. And it's just knowing that that person that is leading the charge is with you every step of the way and kind of making sure that the path that they are paving for you um, is one that you want to go down. And so I don't think it has to, you know, necessarily be a gender thing. Yeah, man. I mean, I I think we're at that point too. I really do. I think we're ready. And and I think it would be a great, um, thing if usc was to even lead the charge on that if, if it was to come to that you know i, I think lee's an, an outstanding coach for sure as well but um you know there, there's a, there's also a lot of possibilities but I, I just think that you know i've thought about that just recently of like it's 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 almost time you know it's like mm-hmm. you know a female to lead a, a male program and give that give that a chance and and um i think it's absolutely uh something that can be successful for sure and, and, and lee's doing it right now so i mean she's kind of showing that it can be done in that sense but um um do you do you feel like at some point you need to move away from usc to get a different experience how do you feel about that situation yeah um i definitely get asked that question a lot um i think for me uh i i can't see myself going anywhere else uh i really can't um like i said i love recruiting 
but I love it because it doesn't feel like I'm a used car salesman or like I'm selling anything. It, it genuinely feels like, hey, this was my experience. If you want to experience something similar, uh, this is you know the place to do it at. And so I don't feel like I have to kind of reinvent the, reinvent the wheel and try to figure out different things of like what to sell about the campus, but just kind of sh you know sharing my experiences, sharing the stories, sharing those connections, and just hoping that that it works out for for that athlete and, and they kind of find their happily ever after, if you will. Right, right. Well, talk to me about the team right now. You guys are at this um, meet. How? Where are you at in the season? What What kind of preparation are you at? Are you are you rested for this? Are you suiting for this? Uh, I mean, are you swimming through this? What, what's it? What is it for your team? Yeah, we're gonna rest. Um, we're about a week rested. Um, whether they think that or not, um, that's always <laughs> a debate. Um, but uh, yeah, week rested, shaved, and you know, we'll, we'll throw on suits. Like I said, we we got to swim fast right now to. Uh, kind of show where we're at in the season and really give USC kind of that extra boost as we go forward for the rest of the season. And I think it's important to show um, kind of ourselves, like we've put in the hard work, now it's time to kind of reap the rewards. And so, you know, if we if we can do that this weekend, uh, then we can come out, you know, enjoy Thanksgiving with our families and then get to work um, for March. And so if we see the results, then, you know, and it shows that it, it's based off the work that we've been doing, they're going to be much more inclined to do the work moving forward. You never look stressed, man. You always look happy and healthy. <laughs> and, you know, I'm like, I'm always envious of, of how happy and healthy you look. I'm like, he looks good all the time. Like, is there any stress in your life? What's happening? Oh, there, there's occasionally stresses, but, um, actually I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm getting married next summer and my fiance, her, her mom is a, is a wedding planner. So that stress is kind of gone. I, I don't have to, yeah, I, I seem to luck out. I, I feel obviously touched by God in a lot of circumstances and, uh, I have this and some, some people have seen it living the dream here and, uh, Anytime that I do feel a little stressed or whatnot, I, I kind of look down at that and remember, you know, I'm surrounded by great people and I'm in an amazing position to be in just, you know, obviously just first off alive, but second, uh, just being at USC and being surrounded by amazing athletes every day. Yeah. I mean, I mean love that tattoo, man. That's awesome. But, um, but obviously there are stresses. So the, the reality of what you do and, um, where do the pressures come from for you? Like where, where do you feel the most pressure? Yeah, for me, it's, it's more of a, it's probably a validation pressure of like, did I get them prepared enough? Um, are they going to listen to kind of what we have been doing this season or, you know, as we lead into this meet. And so it's more of a pressure of like, I hope we perform. And for me, I, I was never someone who felt the pressure when I swam because I, I love, like I said, I loved the relays. I loved NCAAs. So I kind of like rose to the pressure. And so now when we're at a meet, like even if it's a dual meet, like my heart's racing, like every time they get up for a relay, cause I'm out of control now. And so kind of that stress is kind of more of the not being in control of the sport as much as I used to be. And so that's something that, you know, you can just hope and uh, pray that they're they're prepared well enough and, and you did your job. What about the uh, pro side of things? We don't um, necessarily have pro teams or pro programs. A lot of pro swimmers are swimming in college programs still. Do you, do you guys um, still have some pro athletes with you at this point? Yeah, we do. So Vlad just came back um, after Europeans and then he's training with us through Worlds and then he'll come back obviously after Worlds and gear up for I think Russian trials are in March this year since Worlds is so early and then uh Annika Postelon has been training with us primarily it's just been uh, our alums um mm -hmm. I think we'll tap back into having a pro group or something like that uh as you know uh, people flock to the warm weather and they they like uh living down by the beach and commuting up to USC so hopefully we can get back to that I, I think it's a great kind of thing to have um, you know, when I was a student athlete at USC, the, the team was, you know, amazing. It was the 2012 Olympics. I think there was 25 athletes from 13 different countries. You know, the U S was Jess Hardy, Reb Sony, um, Ricky Barons, Dave Walters. And then, you know, internationally, you had like Don Mike tree, Kosuke, Marcus Rogan. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, as, as, as a who's who of the pool deck. And so, 
as a college athlete, it was amazing. You know, if, if I wanted to race Marcus and backstroke one day I could, and the next day I race Ricky and freestyle. And, you know, when I say race, that's a very loose term, but, uh, you know, learn from the best. And, and I think that's kind of where I guess my peer coaching started was, you know, to be the best, you got to learn from the best. And if you want to be the best, you should surround yourself with the best. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, well, I just had, uh, I had Salo on the program just, uh, just this week, uh, came out with the podcast and, um, How's your relationship with him still? All good? Yeah, we, we definitely talk every now and then. Um, not as much, uh, I would say, like over the last like year and a half, obviously, just because there was, there was not many meets. Um, I think, you know, when we get to a swim meet, we'll chat. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we're not really, you know, calling each other up too much. I think, you know, it was definitely a, a difficult time. Um, the way that everything kind of went down where it was like, you know, we were supposed to kind of have this ride off into the sunset moment with him as we went to NCAAs, especially with our women's team. I think they had a chance to win some relay titles and, and really kind of, you know, carry him off on his shoulders like Rudy style. Um, and then COVID hit. And so, you know, we, we didn't really get that chance. And so I think it was definitely challenging kind of all of last year as we went through this new change. Um, but we uh, invited him back for alumni relays. He was a he was a starter for one of the relays. Um, oh, he didn't suit up. Didn't put the jacket on. <laughs> he, he did not. He did not. But he he did a great job. Uh, he was a great starter. Mm-hmm. And then you know, obviously, he's he's touched a lot of lives. Um, you know, being at USC in the late '80s, and then obviously as a head coach, um, starting in like early 2000s, and so he knew a lot of the alums. And it was great to see him back on deck and kind of basking in the SoCal sunshine. Awesome, man. Well, listen, I've enjoyed getting to know you more, and. Um, this has been cool. Uh, yeah, what's thanks the, again, what's, man. What's the immediate future then? Or what, what do you see yourself, you know, what's happening in the next few years for you? Uh, I see myself right here in Southern California. My my family's from here. Uh, my fiance's family's from here. And yeah, there's there's no place that we want to be. You know, we're right there in Playa Vista, right where uh, you mm. were hanging out at mm. that pool. So maybe, I'll, maybe we can start a little pro team there and uh, we'll see what we can do. <laughs> One day, man, that'd be my goal for sure. Uh, love to. Actually, you were the guy that introduced me to Cody Simpson, so I have to thank yeah. you. For that. Uh, yeah, I hounded course. you for for a contact there, and you gave it to me, so I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, of course. I'm I'm always your guy with the contacts. I, I love <laughs> yeah. connecting people. Yeah, I feel like I've got some contacts now, but if I ever need someone, I come to you. So perfect. <laughs> <Good guy. laughs> all right, man. I appreciate this. Thanks. Uh, good luck yeah. with everything this week, and um, and and for the rest of the season. All right. Thanks, Brett. All right, Chase. See you, man. See ya. Event, heat, lane, name of swimmer, times and places. It's called Swim Nerd Live, and it allows the data and times from your actual scoreboard to be broadcast and viewed in real time on any smart TV, phone, or other device. There are so many things you can do with this software. A very simple and easy-to-use necessity for any team or facility that is live streaming their meets results. One click on any device and they're watching your swim meet live in real time. Go to swimpractice.com to learn more.